This is the EWN Podcast Network. Welcome to Late Boomers, our podcast guide to creating your third act with style, power, and impact. Hi, I'm Kathy Worthington. And I'm Mary Elkins. Join us as we bring you conversations with successful entrepreneurs, entertainers, and people with vision who are making a difference in the world. Everyone has a story, and we'll take you along for the ride on each interview, recounting the journey our guests have taken to get where they are, inspiring you to create your own path to success. Let's get started. I'm Kathy Worthington, and today on our Late Boomers episode, we will be interviewing and introducing you to Kimberly Spencer, the founder of Crown Yourself. And I'm Mary Elkins. Kimberly has a fantastic program on her website, crownyourself.com, in which she teaches people to be mindful monarchs. She is a certified Pilates instructor and loves helping people make the all-important body-mind connection. Kimberly, I listened to some of your podcast, Princess and the Bee, and found it extremely interesting and helpful. Say hello to our late boomers listeners and tell them about your podcast and what the B stands for. Hello, late bloomers. So the B, I mean, you could say it stands for blooming um, because it really stands for pretty much all the bees that go into becoming the queen of your life. So I really found this, this path going from becoming a Pilates instructor to then being a certified high performance coach and going into coaching, which is what I do now and combining the two modalities that there are, it's more than just the B of like becoming a business owner, or it's more of just the B of your body. Like when you are a leader of anything, whether it's the leader of, of your family um, as a mom or as a dad, or it's the leader of a small company or even the leader of a large company, your, how you show up, your presence, your energy, the, all the bees of your life go into this becoming of rising into being that queen, being into that, being that queen or king, the sovereign, the highest and best version of yourself. And so the princess, I see Mary cheering. And so the princess is really a metaphor because with, with every queen, they're not, they're not, raised doubting if they're supposed to lead they're not raised doubt with this with the belief of oh should i do i deserve to no they're from the moment that they're born a princess who is in lineage to be the queen is being groomed and trained and taught and she has counsel around her that is guiding her to rise into her reign well so often we don't really have that as as normal humans we have people who when we say our dreams they say oh well you know it's that that's not realistic or try to be practical or follow this system that that you know has been worked for ages and why don't you just work at a job or do this do this next practical step and it really it derails us from those those that mission that that purpose that dream that thing whatever it is that's stirring in your heart and your soul and and that is what i believe that we are here for is that that soul stirring mission that is 
that is kind of that thing that tugs on our hearts and that it, it pops into our heads right before we go to sleep when we know that we leaned into it or we know that we really didn't for that day. Tell us, Kimberly, a, a little about your background and how you arrived at where you are now. So I started out uh, teaching Pilates because I needed a career to support. I needed a job to support myself in entertainment. Um, I was a freelance screenwriter and an actor way back in in my early teens and late and early 20s. And I loved being able to do both because I was able to serve. Um, being a Pilates instructor allowed me to be in a position of leadership with a thing that I never thought I would be into, with which was fitness. Because um, I got I got into Pilates for my own personal gain of trying to recover from a ten year battle with bulimia, and through Pilates and through being in that leadership position, I started to realize how powerful our mindsets are in achieving anything that it is that we want. And I started to see these common denominators with all of my clients that it didn't matter whether you were technically overweight or technically thin or you ate really healthy or you really didn't or you uh, exercise five times a week or you exercise like once a month. What mattered was how you thought about your body. And I saw this pattern of how our mindset and how our stories that we tell ourselves really play into into how we shape our lives. And concurrently at the same time, my I had just gotten the opportunity to co-write a feature film. It got picked up and distributed by Lionsgate and Netflix. And when I was at the premiere, I was surprised at this like lifelong dream of mine, my name up on the big screen. And I was there and I was only 90% fulfilled. And I was like, what is it that is missing? I didn't, I wasn't judgmental about it, but I was surprised that I wasn't a hundred percent fulfilled. And what happened was two weeks after that film premiered, because um, when you write a movie, you get extra tickets. So I was doling tickets out like candy to anyone who wanted them. And what film is it, by the way? It's a film called Bro. It stars Danny Trejo and the, some of the guys from Metal Militia from the motocross. It's about a young kid who gets caught up in the high-flying, hard-partying world of freestyle motocross of which I knew nothing about before starting writing the script. Um, initially, the, the movie was just about a young kid who gets caught up, who, who wants to be a part of the cool crowd. And we've all experienced that at some point of wanting to be a part of, of trying to fit in, even if it's where we don't really belong. And there's a big difference between fitting in and belonging. And what I found out from, from the whole production and the, whole, the, the movie experience of, of writing this film was that I love the process of creating stories and transforming stories. And when I found out two weeks later that one of the extraneous tickets that I had just given away offhand to a friend of a friend so that she and her son could come was that this film that I had written had changed someone's life. And this kid was hanging out with the wrong crowd. He was doing drugs and he saw this film and he heard the, the, basically the testimony of one of the actors who was in the film, who then after we wrapped production, his life completely mirrored the exact circumstances of what happened in the film. So he said, yeah, like this is a, this is a, a, a wary path to take. Um, and this kid changed his life around. And I was like, that, that is what I want to do. So I wanted to transform people's stories. And I knew it wasn't 100% in Pilates. I knew it wasn't 100% in Hollywood. Um, and so I thought maybe it was in business. And I had the opportunity to come on as a consultant for a startup that was selling a backstretching device. 
And I, I've always been very audacious and courageous with my asks. And I saw this product and I saw its, its possibility. And I said, I don't want to be a consultant. I want to be a partner. And so for two years, I was a partner in an e-commerce startup. And we got to take the product to market, put it got up in featured in Times Square, up on the big billboards. I got to pitch it to the first round of Shark Tank auditions. Like I started to feel like things were really moving. But the problem was, was that on a subconscious level, my, my business partner and I weren't aligned. And while we had the passion that most new business owners have when they start a business, there were, aside from our age difference, which I don't, I'm not a big thing. I don't find age difference to be a big thing, but we had a values difference where I valued a little, taking a little bit more risk and my business partner valued a little bit more security. And those, though that values misalignment though, created massive leadership friction in the decision-making, which eventually led to uh, me being bought out three weeks before I got married to my husband. And so I was on my honeymoon in Italy, wondering what I was gonna do when I got back. And I was thinking of all the professions and all the passions that I'd had um, all the things I loved doing. I loved writing. I loved helping people with their bodies. I loved helping people with their relationships. I loved, I loved, I love business. I love entrepreneurship. Um, and I, and I just was trying to figure out what is it that I wanted, like, how could I combine all these passions into one holistic thing? And I probably had way too many espressos and I just leaped off the couch and I said, crown yourself. And my husband was like, what's that? And I said, I don't know, but that's the name of my company. And he's like, okay, great. Um, and so I started, it started out as a blog just for personal development and productivity and teaching ownership. And, but at the same time, I learned when I first started my company, the value of congruence between the leader, the leader and the business. And so I was preaching these values of ownership and courage and health. But meanwhile, I wasn't really, I was playing small. And it was a year and a half I was into my business doing all the things that I call productive procrastination um, that are all those things that sound really good, that make your business look really good on the outside, but really it's like the Titanic where it looks really good, but you don't have any lifeboats and you're going down. Um, and and that, was, that was where my business was. And when I found out I was pregnant with our son, um, I realized that who I was being as the leader of my business was not the person that I also wanted to be the parent of my child. Um, I was in a very uh, bad space mindset wise where I was complaining, I was blaming other people for why I wasn't succeeding. I was stuck in a financial rut and I was really in a very negative mindset. And I knew I could reprogram it because I'd done it with bulimia. I reprogrammed my mindset, I transformed my identity into being someone who loves her body, who's totally healthy, who has no problem with food whatsoever. And like that, I knew I could do it. I just didn't know how. And as soon as I found out I was pregnant, it was just a non-negotiable to figure it out. Wow. I love that whole story. That's amazing. It, but amazing. I, was, I was also interested to, to discover that you've written a, written a book called mindful meals and i say it like that for our listeners because full is a separate word telling people about how the relationship with food <laughs> is the issue not the food itself so please tell us all about that i can't wait to read yeah. the book yeah so my book is coming out this year um we've actually shifted the title only recently i'd had mindful meals for a while and it was no longer feeling aligned and what i found was that we've we've changed it to rule my body. 
Oh. And what, what to rule to rule your body because your mind, your subconscious mind, it does run and rule your body. And everything in life that we have is a relationship. We have a relationship with our partners. We have a relationship with our kids. But we also have a relationship with our business, and we also have a relationship with our bodies. And as I tell all of my clients, like your relationship with your body is one that you can't get divorced from. Like you may get divorced from your partner. You may even get divorced from your business and change businesses, but you can never divorce yourself from your body. You are with your body for the rest of your life. And so how do you rule your body from a place of alignment, from a place of ownership, from a place of really honoring that relationship. Because like every relationship, no one likes a relationship where they feel, and, and this is where so many of my, my clients, when they come to me for, for wellness and for working on, on their holistic performance and their, their energy and their, um, their health, they're, they feel like they've been giving, 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 giving in this relationship. They've been dieting or they've been exercising a lot. They've been really working to make this relationship work. And for some reason, their body isn't reciprocating. And so no one likes to be in a relationship where they feel like they're constantly giving mm -hmm. and they're not receiving anything in return. And so we work on what are the subconscious beliefs, the, the beliefs around food, the beliefs around what they deserve in their body, the beliefs around what they feel they're worth that are inhibiting or blocking up this ability to receive results? Because results are an act of receiving. They're, they're not necessarily, they're driven by doing, a, they're driven by doing, like take, you have to take certain action to produce results but it's an act of receiving the results. And I see the same thing financially with my business owner clients where they produce these results and they're doing, but they struggle to receive. So maybe they're struggling to receive the money or they're struggling to even maintain the money and have the money. And I've seen such a parallel between food and finances that, um, that I, I'm really excited for where this book is gonna go for serving people in being able to reevaluate their their relationship with their bodies and eventually their relationship with anything that's really standing in their way. I'm really looking forward to reading it. Me too. And yeah. And I love the quote we found from you, I can't not write. I understand that completely myself, but can you talk a little more about your writing? So the pandemic I'm so grateful for because when I I stopped writing for a good couple years, because I had so much shame around it. Um, when I was in my e-commerce company, my business partner was very grammatically inclined. I suck at grammar. Like, <laughs> I'm terrible <laughs> at it. I just own it. I'm like, that's what copy editors are for. But I, I'm, I'm not good at grammar. And so whenever I would turn in writing for marketing copy, I would get constant red lines and we had a, a customer who was just, um, who would send back like long diatribe emails of like, I'm a copywriter and this writing is wrong and here's all the things. And so my writing, I felt like in that experience that it was getting really hit and I, I didn't want to write. And it's, I was scared to write. And for years, I, I really hadn't been writing that much. I'd write off and on. 
I'd write some copy emails, but I was really scared to actually fully embrace and express myself through writing. And I was reading um, back in like March or April, I was reading Glennon Doyle's Untamed. And I was like, holy moly, like that book just unlocked something in me. And I was reading. Say the writing. title again, please. Uh, Glenn, Glennon Doyle's book, Untamed. Untamed. So it's all about, um, she just writes such so beautifully from uh, story perspectives, little, little snippets and stories from her own personal life of just all the different ways that as, as women and as men, we've been tamed to fit into this type of box that we're supposed to be in. And I looked at, as I was reading that, I said, one thing that I was missing so much was actually expressing myself through the written word. And yes, I still have grammatical errors up the wazoo. Um, I fully own it. I misspell things all the time and I love it. And I, and with one of the things that I, I tell all of my clients is that you attract, you, you attract the cus customers that are very much like you. And so while I have some customers who have like lovingly pointed out like, hey, cojones is spelled a little different. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, okay, thanks. As long as you got uh, some. As long as, long as you, as got, you some. got some, it's good. But uh, <laughs> like, so I have had that and I'm totally fine with that constructive criticism of being able to just have that feedback because I'm always looking to improve. But it's not the it's not the same experience that I had when I was with my e-commerce company of just redlining and customers who were like that. Because I'm like, if if you're going to be obsessive about grammar, I personally think that there are so many bigger, better things in this world to obsess over, like joy, like passion, like your purpose, like uh, growth mindedness, like really good juicy books and delicious conversations in nature. Like, I think there's so many greater things to obsess over than somebody's email with a few typos. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> Me too. But how and when did you create your Mindful Monarchs program and how does it work? So my Mindful Monarchs program is a month-to-month -month membership where clients come in and for $22 a month, it's a super low-cost program to come into a community where we're combining ruling your body, mastering your mindset, and serving your soul. Because one of the greatest underused tools of leaders is our own physical body, our own felt sense. We're taught IQ and we're, we're raised with this perception of IQ being so important. But your body, your intuition, that's where it lives. And so how do you find where certainty and trust live in your body? How do you find where, how do you activate your parasympathetic nervous system so that you're not constantly in a fight or flight mode uh, uh, pattern that's causing you to react to things that aren't really fires, but thinking that they're fires in your business. So the thing that I've noticed with so many leaders who have experienced developmental trauma, because I work with a lot of um, people who have had trauma in their past, I had trauma in my past, um, just growing up with an addict for a dad, there was a lot of chaos growing up. And that experience really prepared me to be able to serve and see this difference when we're operating from this fight or flight, fear-based thinking, which works in the short term. It can work really well in getting you motivated and moving you away from something that you don't wanna be um, or don't wanna have or don't wanna do. But it's not really a good strategy for the long term. But unless your body is physically conditioned to be able to shift it, 
it's very challenging to be able to shift out of that pattern of fight or flight. And so we use Pilates. So I brought back in my Pilates teaching to start retraining the parasympathetic nervous system to get our bodies into a space where we can have that rest and digest. And now the beautiful thing that we're adding into the, our membership is now I'm bringing in guest teachers um, because I'm pregnant. There's only so much pregnant Pilates that I can teach. Um, bringing yeah. in guest teachers to teach movement, to teach energy work, to teach Reiki, to teach these other somatic modalities, to be able to tap us in to this amazing tool that we have. Like, because consistently, whenever I've asked any one of my clients, it didn't matter whether they were making six or seven figures, they, when I ask them, like, where is your, where do you feel certainty and trust? When you know you've made a decision, in the past, when you've made a decision that has gone really, really well, how did you make it? Was it based off of logic and reason and complete, like a step-by-step -step process that somebody else told you, some guru or some mentor said that was going to work? Or was it from your gut? Was it from your intuition? And then maybe you had some guidance or some tweaking or some coaching, but you found the steps along the way from that initial instinct of trusting your gut. And consistently, it is trusting their gut being able to see something, feel something, hear something that really resonates, and they're not quite sure why, but they're able to take that first step. And so how do we learn to build that trust within our own bodies? And it starts with training our bodies as the tool that they are to be able to use them in, in how we lead and how we lead our community and how we lead our mission and how we lead our business and how we lead our families to be able to process these feelings, these tools that we have to be able to show us our values, to be able to guide us to that next next best decision, to be able to lean us into to our, to our own greatness. And so that's I, what Mindful Monarchs is all about. I love that. That's fantastic. And that leads into my next question. Tell us about how it works when you tell people, do not be you. And let everybody in on the secret of changing your physiology, like you were just talking about. Tell us more about that. And tell us about how to do that when you're having a bad day. <laughs> so being you, like when someone says, just be you, I'm like, well, what version of me do you want? Do you want the one who's really cranky, like who rolls out of, who's like not had her cup of coffee? Or do you want like the highest and best version of me? Because we all have different identities, different ways of being throughout the day. And being you, yeah, there, you have all these different parts of you, but what if you brought the best of you forward? Like, what if you, what if you leaned into that version of you that's, that's a little more brave, that's a little more courageous? Like, I love to use, um, for my clients and my coaching, using your future self like it's not me as a coach that you're accountable to it's your future self because every next level demands another way of you being there is a version of you out there in the quantum realm who has doesn't is everything that it is that you desire to be do and have you just have to lean into that and who does she be instead of what does she just do like who is the person that naturally wakes up in the morning and goes to the gym or that naturally it's just it's so common it's so second nature that it's just it's a no-brainer 
Because so often we focus on habits and I know we just had New Year's and New Year's resolutions. And like with New Year's, it's so often we're focusing on these habitual doings of like, oh, I'm just going to do going to the gym more, or I'm just going to do this. When really, if you want to change and really have transformation, it starts at a being level. And so who do you be when you be your happiest and most successful self? How do you operate? How, how are you being? What value are you living into? And so for me, one of the values I live into is ownership. Like I used to be very much back when I was in my early 20s, I was very much in the space of being a victim. I thought that I was damaged. I thought that I was broken. I thought that I was a victim of all of my past experiences and past stuff that had happened to me. And that excuse really worked. And that that way of being attracted some not great relationships in my life. That way of being um, had me self-sabotaging quite consistently. That way of being had me sticking my finger down my throat and to try to control these emotions that were coming up versus my way of being now with with taking ownership, with ownership being such a high value is I own my feelings. I own when I'm having a bad day. I don't berate myself for having a bad day. I'm human. Um, I allow myself to have the grace of owning where I am and examining my feelings as a tool. I take ownership of if I'm not getting the results that I want, then it's, it's my choice. Like there's nobody else to blame, but myself. Um, and even I don't blame myself because I'm like, okay, I'm, I was doing the best that I could with the resources that I had. I need to, I, I need to skill up. I need to learn some new skills. I need to learn some new tools to be able to obviously change the resources that I have so that I can be better so that I can do better. But that is like, if I had just lived in that, that version of me, that victim version of me, I'd still be. I don't know where I would be, but it wouldn't be pleasant. Um, I wouldn't be living in Australia with my family. I wouldn't have children. Um, and this is always, this is always the life that I've de- dreamed of and the life that I've desired. But it be- it came with allowing past identities of who I have been to die. The the identity of the victim. The identity of of the 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 person who didn't take ownership the identity of the bulimic like all of these past versions of myself i had to let them die i mean recently my my father just passed away and so i've had i've had some weeks on on really looking at death from different perspectives and i recently wrote a a a post about how you you will have to die about a thousand times or more to become and live into who you want to be. And so there is a version of, and so often most suffering is created because we're holding on to some old version of who we used to be. And that's not really who we are now. That's not really who, who we're showing up as. Like if I, if I held on to that old version of who I am, like I look at pictures of, from my past self and I had like black hair. I was, I had like all the the smoky eyes and eyeshadow and I was being all moody. Um, now I have so much joy, but I had to allow that past version of myself to die to be able to live into my full potential. And as we go through life, allowing for that create, allowing for that destruction of who we have been, of the systems that have supported us of, and it's scary. 
it's it's scary to let things go. It's scary to let habits go. It's scary to let old ways of thinking go and old ways of being go. But creation always follows destruction. And so for me, with with my father's passing, I'm I'm still kind of in the cocoon of grief, but figuring out who is going to emerge from this cocoon, who is going to, who, what is that next version that, that had to die? And then what is the next version that gets to resurrect? That gets Have to, you that figured it out live? yet? Um, a bit, a bit. It's, it's still in the process. It's still pretty fresh. That's fabulous. Mm. And I just think it's great when you talk about how you change your physiology. Can mm-hmm. you talk a little bit about how you sometimes do that? Yeah. So the quickest way to change your emotional state is to change your physiology and even faster is to change your breath. So when you are breathing in a stressed state, in a fear-based state, generally you're only using the top portion of your lungs. Generally you're breathing more into your shoulders and you're not actually getting down deep into your lungs into the diaphragmatic breathing. Mm -hmm. So if you notice, if you're, if you notice in your body, if you start to, if you allow yourself to think a fearful thought, and just play with that emotion. You don't have to hold on to it. But if you allow yourself to think a fearful thought and you hold on to that and you feel how that emotion feels in your body, you'll probably notice that your breathing kind of stops. You're, 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 you start breathing in your upper respiratory. You start kind of, it gets a little hard, gets a little anxious. Like it's, it's anxiety typically feels like a struggle to breathe. So the quickest way to shift is to shift your physiology. So doing something physical, maybe it's jumping on a trampoline, maybe it's going for a walk outside, maybe it's going for a run, maybe it's turning on some music and dancing, but allowing for a a physical shift in your body to allow for a differentiation specifically with breathing. Because when you can activate, you can activate your parasympathetic nervous system to move you out of a a fear-based thought very quickly within the span of two minutes by just exhaling longer than you inhale. So if you inhale for a four count and then you exhale for a a six or seven count. And repeat, like even just after one breath, I feel like a little bit more grounded, a little bit more centered, but do that on repeat and suddenly your parasympathetic nervous system will turn on. Suddenly you're breathing deeper. And when you experience a feeling of joy you can actually feel how the breath can shift in your body. If you think of a thought now that makes you feel really joyful, like for me, it's as soon as I walk outside, my son is like, mama, and he has the biggest, most contagious smile, and he extends his arms out, and there is nothing greater than that smile. Like that smile is just, it lights up the world, and or at least mine. And I see it, and it's so beautiful. And I, it, I just feel it and my, like, I just, I feel it so ground into my body and being able to breathe deep of just feeling that, that love and that support and that, that cheerleading that he has. Um, and oh my gosh, he's three and just oh, so amazing. Um, and that, but being able to feel that if you think of a thought that's joyful and then allow yourself to dwell on the, how does that feel? How does joy feel in your body? And when you start to feel the difference in what the fear-based emotions, what anger, what sadness, what guilt, what shame, you feel that there's a difference physiologically in your posture. 
Like if you're starting to feel scared of accomplishing a task on your computer, if you just notice your physiology, probably you're collapsing your chest, probably you're rolling your shoulders forward, probably your body is physically in a disempowered state. So if you wanna send that email that, that takes a little bit of courage, get up, move your body, literally roll your shoulders back so your, your, your brain can register that you are confident and then send that email from that physiological posture and it will change the game. I love that advice. Wow. And we also think it's really fun that you call makeup war paint. Because I, I, I heard on one of your podcast episodes that you really like putting on makeup sometimes. Right? I do. I, I, I stopped where when I gave birth to my son, there was about four to six weeks, I would say, that I didn't leave the couch. I was building my all the marketing funnels and all the, the, the processes and systems in my business and showering and makeup. And I basically built it with having my baby on my chest. And yeah, I wasn't, after a while, after about five weeks, I was noticing like, I am not fully living into my highest and best self. And it was in that moment that I just did some journaling and I said, well, what, what does my future self do that, I, that I'm not currently doing? What is, what is the future self who's, who's making far more money than I am, who's feeling aligned and purposeful? And I found three things, three super simple things. One, she showers every day. Like, super simple. She just takes a shower. Two, she puts on a little bit of makeup. My makeup routine, I'm a mom of a toddler. Like, it is fast. It is cheap. It is cheerful and quick. Like, it does not take long. Um, but it does, like, when I'm putting it on, it feels like war paint, like warrior paint to go and face the day, to go and take on the day with courage. Sometimes I'll have music playing from one of our Spotify soundtrack uh, playlists that we have for crown yourself. Like I'll have, I'll have some music playing in the background and I'll just, I'll be in the, the feeling of just getting ready to really go and conquer the day. And it, it changes the game. And sometimes my son likes to come in and play with my brushes too. <laughs> so it's, we, get, we get to be warriors together. That's nice. And I was yeah. going to mention your, your uh, Crown Yourself playlist on Spotify. Everybody should check that out. And you, you gave us an example of how you use that. But do you have other advice for how to use that playlist? Yeah, I use it. I mean, I use it for exercise. I use it if I'm doing tasks that may not require much thought like if i'm writing i like sometimes i'll write to film soundtracks uh because i like i like the momentum of of a score um but sometimes i i mostly write when, and do creative work and work that deep work um as it can be called in silence i can't do it with my son in the room but if i'm if i'm working with my son in the room then i'll turn on some music so that he can have something joyful to listen to like last night we were um, listening to one of the Crown Yourself uh, playlists, and then we switched into listening to some Glee playlists. But music is such a big part of being able to shift your physiology. Because sometimes you, you, you can physically feel the difference in your body, especially when you hear that song. Like last night, we were all, we all just started rocking out to um, Proud Mary. And <laughs> like, <laughs> you feel one. the difference in your body. Like when you, when you get start to, it, it literally, you have your brain is wired to connect to certain emotions. And so certain songs can bring out certain emotions. 
So I have certain songs in, in the playlist that I've used in running uh, five marathons now. I, I have certain songs that I use that I, I'm, when I'm at the gym, that all of all of the songs really have a positive or an empowering message to be able to really drive you forward um, and build that momentum. Because one of the things is how you train your body will show up in other areas of your life, will show up in how you're approaching your business, will show up in how you are, um, in how you are showing up for your kids. Um, and and the, that was one of the things that as a Pilates instructor, I really learned and, and didn't even know that I was learning because I would always have this joke with my clients where we would do 10, like 10 supine abs and, and with your legs and tabletop. And then I'd be like, all right, 10 more. Well, I didn't, and I always got asked about my productivity back then because I was teaching 10 hours a day and still had time to write a, a feature film. Um, and people were like, how do you do it? I didn't realize that I was subconsciously training into my body on a daily basis, 10 hours a day, 10 more, five more, which automatically is programming your brain to go that extra mile, to send that extra email, to send that extra thing, to do write that extra page. And that little bit compounds so that, so that it builds. And so you actually end up getting more done. So when you're training your body, if you're on the elliptical, you're like, I'm only going to do 30 minutes and you do 35 or you, or you do 31 even just one extra minute, one extra rep, one extra, one extra little bit of push it starts to train your body and train your brain that you can do that one extra thing so and maybe that one extra thing is just being able to spend those those one two three ten extra minutes with your kids so that you're able to have like that that quality time and maybe read that one extra book you know instead mm -hmm. of going back to work that that could be it too but it so it and maybe have that one extra one extra date night with your spouse you know being able to have that 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 one extra because we all want a life of more we all want a life of of extra of greater but it takes us leaning into that and also programming and practicing that and training that into our bodies that is so inspiring in fact i have been dancing to music when i'm having a bad day and it really does make me feel better but I'm so inspired by that advice. Can you give us more advice as to what your favorite advice is that you've got, gotten the best feedback on? My favorite advice that I've gotten the best feedback on. How do you mean specifically in what realm? Well, what have you heard from your clients or friends when you talk to them and about training your physiology or the, what you've been talking to us about, what do you, what kind of feedback do you get? So one of, one of the greatest ones that I love is, um, is about feelings. Cause so often we have feel like we as humans, we're feeling beings, we have feelings, but Maybe we've been taught or maybe we've been programmed or maybe we've learned that certain feelings are quote unquote bad feelings to be feeling or that we shouldn't feel these feelings um, and that there and so we stack on shame and guilt and other emotions onto the fact that we're just freaking human that we're feeling a feeling and so I love to think of a feeling as a package. And inside of that package, it's like when you get, when the delivery man comes to your door, 
I don't know if delivery men can still come to your door, but <laughs> oh, all the time we get okay. everything oh, delivered. Yeah. <laughs> everything gets delivered. Everything. When the delivery man comes to, because I'm like here in Queensland, we're able to things are pretty much back to normal, but yeah. I don't know how it is in the states with with deliveries. But with uh, when the delivery man comes to your door, you sometimes you have to sign for the package, right? Well, what happens if you don't? Well, then there's like a backlog of packages at, at UPS or <laughs> FedEx that eventually you have to like take a freaking U-Haul to to then collect all of them. <laughs> um, and then and then that's when overwhelm comes in. That's when burnout comes in because it's like it feels like this giant daunting task. Whereas instead, what if you just accepted it and signed for it and said, okay, this is this feeling I'm accepting that I have. I'm accepting that I have anger right now. I'm accepting that I'm feeling jealousy right now. I'm accepting that I'm feeling this because the beauty of the feeling is inside of that package is, is something that you value. So maybe it's that you value your freedom and you're angry about the feeling that uh, the, the belief that a freedom has been taken away or that your voice has been taken away. Maybe you're ang maybe you're jealous about that beautiful, like fancy Louis Vuitton bag that you saw someone on Instagram have um, or that car or, or that house or whatever. And you're feeling jealousy. And that just is a sign that, oh, that's something that I desire. That's just a hint that I, that I desire something that's luxury, that I value luxury and nice things. And then maybe there's a belief behind that value that, say, that maybe is something that you've got to uproot that says, oh, I don't deserve that or, oh, I'm not worthy of that. So that's the, the feeling is a sign it's, it's a package for something deeper that you get to unpack, that you get to un, un, unleash, that you get to, you get to dive into and say, well, what does this really mean? What does, what, what really is in this package that I, that's not, cause it's not the package. Like we're, we don't keep the box of the feeling, just like a feeling scientifically lasts 90 seconds when you allow yourself to sign for it and accept that it's there. And once you sign for it and accept that it's there and say, okay, I am feeling anger right now. How do I process this anger? And you allow yourself to process it. And by processing it, that allows you to open up the box. And then you open up the box and inside the box, there's a, feel, there's a, a, a value or a belief of something that, that is something that you desire or that you don't want or, but normally it, it relates to there is a value there. There is something deeper that matters to you and it can give your life substance by knowing those things that you value. It's one of the top things I work on with my leaders is defining the values that you have for your business. Because so often we create a business based off of passion because we want to help people, which is great. And those are values, but are they rooted? Are they really rooted? And so we find what's rooted within us, what's really rooted within us when we start unlock, opening those packages and looking at the values that are inside. I love that advice. Wow. And I also, why. I love the tagline on your website that says, quote, let's get you to the clarity, energy, courage, productivity, and influence you need to take your reign to the next level. End quote. End quote. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's fantastic. I love that you have that right on the bottom of the website. It wasn't in huge uh, print, but I thought it was very important to mention. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, those are the five pillars of high performance when scientifically measured, 
in the largest study of high, of high performers, they found that clarity, high performers typically operate with more clarity. They're able to generate more energy. They operate with more courage which means that they're actually more productive because instead of doing like what I did in my business early on of productive procrastination, which are all the activities that don't really require courage, um, courage, uh, those acts of courage are really those things that really move the needle productivity wise. And then because they have more courage, they're able to also have more influence with people because you're able to speak up, you're able to use your voice, you're able to challenge things that you, that you disagree with, you're able to own your worth. So, so th those, those five pillars, those five tenets of high performance really rise any leader. And it, if you just work on those five of being a little bit more clear, of being, of generating more positive, joyful energy, of ha doing one courageous thing a day, like, what is that one thing that scares the crap out of you that when you put your head on the pillow, you're like, I know I should have done that, but I didn't. So I'll just do it tomorrow. And then tomorrow comes and it's like, oh, I know I should have done that, but maybe yeah. I'll put it off again. Um, and it could be emailing that person. It could be writing that chapter of that book. It could be, you know, put, going on a podcast. It could be giving a speech. It could be whatever it is for you. But you know what that act of courage is that you're holding back on. And when you start leaning into those acts of courage. Sometimes it's, it can be completely dismantling your business. And as I say to my clients, blowing it all up, like not literally blowing it up, like don't yeah. literally blow up your business, but, but blowing it all up in, in the metaphorical sense that you completely pivot and do things differently. Like my client, many of my clients had to do over COVID where they had to completely blow up their model of in-person events and pivot to online. And how do they do that? And how do they do it in a really supportive way? And I'm really happy to say that all of my clients were able to successfully pivot online. And it, it's, it's the, the growth has been glorious. Fabulous. And Kimberly, that is so wise. Is there anything we haven't touched on that you'd like to mention? I think we touched on a lot. Oh, we yeah. did. I think we got on we a lot, Mary. Yeah, we did. We did and I, but but you continue to give us more, and it's just so wise and so inspirational. Thank you. Thank We'd you. like to thank our guest on Late Boomers today, Kimberly Spencer, coach and creator of CrownYourself.com. All of her social media links are on her fabulous website, and you should check them out because she's really, really good with social media. And thanks so much, Kimberly. Thank, thank you, you so much, Kathy and Mary. Thank you so much for having me. It has been a pleasure speaking with, with both of you, and, and thank you for having me speak into your audience, and I hope I serve them with, with some valuable, tangible tidbits that they can oh, you take did. into their world. <laughs> Yeah, I think a lot of them are going to want to check out your website, too. Yes, please yeah. do. It's funny because even though I'm a millennial, I'm married to a Gen Xer and most of my clients are Gen Xers. Great. Yep. So bridging the generations. I love bridging the generations. I love that my oldest client has been 73 and my youngest has been 22. It has been such a it's been Great. such a beautiful thing being able to see that there is constant opportunity and this is one of the beautiful things that my dad left me with is that there is always possibility for transformation. There is always possibility. My dad's latest transformation before he passed was he, after 
a lifetime of addiction, he transformed into being fully sober. And that at at 73, I mean, Mm -hmm. if he was a living testimony to the fact that it doesn't matter what age you are, you can always transform who you want to be and and to becoming who you want to be. You can always serve at a higher level. You can always keep growing. You can always keep going further. There is always more to learn. There's always more to grow into until your last breath. Thank you again, Kimberly. Wonderful. Thank you. Thank you for joining us on Late Boomers, the podcast that is your guide to creating a third act with style, power, and impact. Please visit our website and get in touch with us at lateboomers.biz. If you would like to listen to or download other episodes of Late Boomers, go to EWNpodcastnetwork.com. This podcast is also available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and most other major podcast sites. We hope you make use of the wisdom you've gained here and that you enjoy a successful third act with your own style, power, and impact. Have you ever asked yourself this question, why is it so hard to make a buck? I know I have. Hi, I'm Sandra Yancey, founder and CEO of eWomen Network. What I have discovered after going from the brink of bankruptcy to running a multi-million dollar award-winning business is this. You can't build a million dollar dream hanging around minimum wage mindsets. My mission is one million women entrepreneurs generating one million dollars in annual revenue. So here's what I've done. I've created the mother of all entrepreneur success programs that you can access online on your time. It's called Monetize Me Now. It's a seven module online course that is 100% my success formula, covering mindset, mission, management, motivation, marketing, and measure. Come on, take my hand and I'll show you the way to learn to earn flowing revenue for your business. Visit monetizemenow.com for details. Calling all speakers. E-Women Network has speaking engagements all over North America that must be filled. Are you a gifted messenger, author, expert, or successful entrepreneur that can help women entrepreneurs grow their businesses? Our mission is to help one million fulfilled women each achieve $1 million in annual revenue. If you're a speaker that can help women prosper, go to eWomenNetwork.com and sign up as a pro member of our Speakers Network. That's eWomenNetwork.com. Thanks for listening. This is the EWN Podcast Network.